Benvenuti a Episodio Cento. 100. We've been waiting for this one for like 90 episodes, right? Well, and we're here. We've been waiting for 99 episodes. <laughs> and we are here and we're so happy to share our 100th episode with you. And as we mentioned before, we're going to make a party out of it. However, first, we'd like to share some interesting facts slash statistics. Allora, 100 episodes with the average of 34 and a half minutes per episode comes to 3,450 minutes that we have chatted about all things Italian. And that comes to 57 and one half hours. Sounds like a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> Listening to me ramble on. Uh, <laughs> or No it, comment. It seems like a lot when you've had to edit more than 57 and a half hours. Again, How's that? I further, no comment. <laughs> okay, carrying on with my statistics. <laughs> we are listened to in 132 countries now around the world. We have shared all kinds of information, travel tips, and helpful details on the following cities and places, some multiple times in either an episode dedicated specifically to that city or as part of my epic road trips, those small group trips that I've done over the past five years or so. And if you recall, a few of those trips were given the nickname of Kitten Club by Tommaso. Absolutely. <laughs> because that's that, what they were, the kittens. And that moniker stuck, didn't yeah, it? It did. We've had people say, I want to be I know, a kitten. I know. <laughs> okay, this is in order of what we've spoken about from the beginning, two plus years ago. Milano, Lago di Como, Vezzanella, Cinque Terra, Costa Smeralda in Sardegna, Firenze, San Gimignano, Luca, Venezia, Roma. Matera, Puglia, Monopoly, La Costa Amalfitana, the Amalfi Coast, Salerno, Capri, Ischia, Procida, Napoli, Umbria, Siena, Bologna, Ravenna, Torino, and Piemonte. From all of these places listed above, that covers 12 of the 20 regions of Italy. So we have eight more to share with you moving forward. Not to mention we'll have other. Information. Oh, of course. Yes, this is not like Ted Lasso. We're not stopping. <laughs> there is no end with we everyone just... crying. <laughs> or laughing. Or, la or both. Right. We also had seven episodes where we interviewed friends of ours who contributed to those particular subjects with a bit of humor thrown in as well. Conrado, who lived in Luca for years. Paolo, our friend, the private chef from Toscana. Clive from Ireland, who's the captain of a sailing yacht that cruises the Italian coast. Chris from England, who's a private jet pilot for those that would like to arrive in style. I certainly would at some point. Yes. And Chiara and Livia, two members of Kitten Club Number 2, who shared their tales of our trip. And finally, Edie, whose ancestor founded Harry's Bar in Venezia. In Soma. In summary. These 100 episodes, we have shared what we know and love about every single little village, city, region, restaurants, coffee bars, 
museums, churches, <laughs> hikes, boat trips, Vespa rides, truffle hunts, olive orchards, and even our favorite highway rest stop. I'm all in favor of those except for one, and we know which one it is, church lady. Oh, you secretly, secretly like churches. And in return, we have received countless emails and Instagram messages, Facebook posts, and even direct texts from listeners who have thanked us for our episodes, which they've told us have been instrumental in planning their own trips to Bellitalia. However, the common thread, the common denominator of all of these comments we receive is that our podcast is fun. It makes people, quote, laugh out loud, almost fell off my chair. I just about spit out my wine. <laughs> this one, I must look like a lunatic laughing alone in my car. Um, also, I remember the one with the woman, I forget her name, her son. Yes. She was doing her son who... You know, was horrified. Was hor no, no, no. He actually cracked a smile. No, was horrified to be listening to episodes on Italy while she was driving him to school, and then he caved in and started smiling and laughing. And we called him out. We <laughs> shouted out his name, talking about a Fiat Punto. And so, in honor of laughter and <laughs> quote the most non-boring travel podcast ever. We have pulled some short clips from a few episodes that may be the reason why we have such devoted listeners. Okay, let's start with the first couple of clips here from when you first moved to Milano as a fashion photographer and basically brought shame on the building you lived in. Because <laughs> many times. Many times. <laughs> of course, yourself, the common thread in Milan is good-looking, marginally good-looking men hanging out in your apartment. Right. right. Well, Joe, Joel wasn't marginally good looking. <laughs> this guy was like an Adonis. <laughs> however, well, not however, but he was really, really nice and very low key. And I actually preferred the male models because they looked at a modeling career as a couple of years to travel, see the world and just have fun while you're young. There was no vanity involved. I, I actually really liked all the male models. So anyway, one day I came home, Joel had been living there for a couple of weeks maybe, and I came into the courtyard, that center courtyard, and I see the old Italian women, and they're up on the fourth, fifth, and third balconies, and they've got their hands over their mouths, and they're whispering to each other. One woman literally was like crossing herself. And <laughs> <laughs> La Madonna, please, to your meal. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? And they were looking in the direction of my apartment. So I go running up the five flights of stairs with my camera bag or portfolio, whatever it was, and I turn onto the balcony and there's Joel standing there with like boxers on. They looked like a bathing suit though. You know, it was fine. They weren't tidy whities thank no. God. No. Okay. He's standing there with just like a bathing suit equivalent on and he is shaving his chest hair. Okay? <laughs> so these women were seeing for the first time in their life a man voluntarily manscaping, removing body hair. Italian men don't do that. So they were shocked, horrified, and just couldn't get over it. And Joel's like, I'm so sorry. It's just, I know you're a neat freak and I didn't think I should do it inside. <laughs> so anyway, 
I gave those ladies a lot to laugh about <laughs> or gossip about. All right. So enough of the mosquitoes and the chest hair. And of course, what would your life be, La Capa, without trying to organize a party, which you do so well? But this was an exceptional party, wasn't it? See, Juan and I decided to have a party. So we did. And it was just people we knew from working and living there, a bunch of different nationalities. And it was fun. So all of a sudden, this man, Pino, that lived on the ground floor, showed up and wanted to come into the party. And Pino, well, by the way, that's not his real name. His name is Alfonso. And we gave him the nickname Pino because he drank Pinot Grigio for breakfast <laughs> down at John Carlo's bar every day. So he didn't know his nickname was Pino, but to us it was. So Pino shows up, wants to come in the party. I politely said, this is a private party. Sorry, Vivia, go, go back. 10 minutes, 20 minutes later, I don't know when, but all of a sudden I see Pino walk in the door with a gun. A little pistola. I was like, what? Oh, my God. And and did I mention he's the only drunk I ever knew in Italy? And he was very small. And he walks back into the party with a pistola. So the weirdest idea I've ever had in my life was to jump him. I figured the <laughs> only way I can handle this situation, control this situation, is to jump on him. Because he was a small man and he had a gun. My God, what if he shot somebody? So I jump on him and I'm screaming for Juan, get the gun, get the gun. Pino has a gun. He's like, what? So with that, someone called the police, all our friends scattered. And I was left with laying on top of Pino. Juan got the gun. My friend Kathleen was still there freaking out. And Emiliano, you remember Emiliano with the restaurant Aldila? He was there and he said, you can't go to the Polizia by yourself. I was like, oh, thank God. Could you come? He's like, no. <laughs> so he got his roommate, Marina, this really nice woman, to go with me to the Polizia. And she saved my tail. And this clip from episode seven may just be like the very first adventurous road trip Tommaso and I had together. It certainly was one of the first major discussions about your navigational expertise <laughs> that we had. Hey, Basta, play it. We were driving in another Fiat Punto. It seems to be our MO, the Fiat Punto. And I wanted to go to Cinque Terre. So we're driving back from Tuscany to go to Milan to catch a plane home. And I said, let's go somewhere interesting. And, and we're on the way up. And Kim said, let's go to Cinque Terre. And it's like, Okay, how do we get there? So she had some level of map. I'm not quite sure because I was driving. And she said, okay, take a right here. I think we can go right over the mountains. So we're going up this mountain up, up, again. Up, up, up. <laughs> down, similar to the Similar downshifting. And then the road the road ended from pavement to a gravel. And I'm like, okay, right at the top of the mountain. And then the road went from gravel to grass. <laughs> Not even dirt. Not even dirt. It was grass, remember? And we took that right in. And I'm like, there's nothing to the left of us. We're a little bit high here. We pulled into this little, little village. I think it's the teeniest village I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. There was one old Italian gentleman. Yes. One old Italian gentleman. Yes. And there were literally, I mean, all the houses on the mountains like that in the day were built, abutted to each other, you know, for strength. So maybe there was like collectively five or six quote unquote houses built together. 
And this man was standing at the well for water. Right. I mean, that's a deep well, right? Well, yeah, maybe. You don't know that. And he stared at us with complete shock and disbelief, A, that there was a car there, and B, he could tell instantly we were foreigners. Like, what were we doing? And lost. And totally lost. So I got out of the car. We both got out of the car and said, buongiorno, senor, and tried to explain ourselves and ask directions. And I was fluent in Italian, and he did not understand me at all. He had a dialect that I barely understood. Basically, all we got out of it was like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, you can't get there from here. And this next clip is from episode eight, while we were hiking Cinque Terre in a hundred degrees <laughs> and Kimberly had lost or had someone had stolen her sneakers. And, I was in flip-flops. And you were in flip-flops. <laughs> and we had between, what, there were six or eight of us? Eight. I think we had two ounces of water. <laughs> And we were kind of hot at the end. So we descend down, we go through the little village and at the bottom of the village is a beach. And I don't think we discussed this at all. It wasn't anyone's particular idea. No. But we, the eight of us, walked into the ocean. We walked over We didn't have to discuss because it was swim or death. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, though, we looked like we were coming out of it. We look like we were in a zombie movie. Just these eight foreigners. Sweaty, dirty. after step, going over the sand, past all the people laying there, into the water. And we all just dove in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Fully clothed. Fully clothed. Oh, sorry. So it was the most refreshing swim, float, whatever of our lives. And we all floated there for a while thinking, oh, can't believe we just did this, but oh, it feels so good. So we hung out thinking nothing of it. And then when we finally got out of the water, picture this or keep this in mind. They wear the minimal amount of clothing possible to a beach. The women are topless and the men have Speedos on. That's it. So here we are, eight foreigners coming out of the water, fully clothed, drenched. And they just, I, I think, Looks like something out of 1932 in the old bathing movies with the shorts on and everything else. But I think that gave them something to talk about for weeks. Possibly still speaking about it. (laughs) So by episode 13, I thought we should start bringing some people in to interview. Because (laughs) are we actually going to make it past 13 if we don't interview someone? So we brought our friend Conrad in. We have our first guest ever. Yes. On this podcast. And he's right here, and his name is Conrad. Buongiorno tutti. <laughs> Buongiorno <laughs> tutti. Thank you for having me. This is an honor. Thank you this for an being honor. here. You know, well, it's, it's an a, honor it's a subject for us. I, I like to talk about, shall exactly. we say. <laughs> a little bit in the veins. <laughs> in the blood. In the blood. So Conrad is our old friend. He and Tom have been in the sailing industry forever. And that's how they know each other. And then I met Conrad through Tommaso. And the reason Conrad's here, well, first of all, let's get this straight. His name is Conrado. Got Which it? is a horrible name in Italian, know, right? by the way. <laughs> they know? made it up for you. No, no, it really is in Italian. It's literally horror. It's like Igor. <laughs> <laughs> now is all good Italians do after you've had a couple of glasses of wine, which we had a few glasses before that to sort of 
get everyone loosened up for the first big interview for Kimberly's Italy? <laughs> I was kind of giggly. You have to talk <laughs> about food. Yes, food. Naturally. But the other thing is, you know, the, which is the, ca- the classic thing in Italy, is what you do is when you're having lunch and wine, all you really do is sit there and have lunch and you talk about where you're going to go have dinner. <laughs> <laughs> which, and they almost meet. Because if you have a really, really long, long lunch. lunch, then you like take a little walk around and you're like, oh, it's nine o'clock. Let's have dinner. So speaking, speaking of dinner, sometimes dinner in Bellitalia means truffles. So from episode 30, Pier Paolo and his dog Spugna took us on a truffle hunt in Tuscany. Have all three, but he only opened the kennel to one, and this dog's name was Spunia. I'll explain that in a in a minute. But the oldest dog, the most successful dog, I forget her name. Pierre Paolo told us she couldn't come because, quote unquote, she's having a bad day. <laughs> We're like, oh shame, because she was so cute. She looked just like a pro. And then the other dog had done a truffle hunt that morning, so we just had Spunia. And let me describe what Spunia's name means. It's a sponge. So I asked him, Pier Paolo speaks no English. So I asked him in Italian, what does Spunia mean? And he goes, well, you know, we all are secretive about our dogs and where we get them and how they're bred and who they came from, other famous truffle hunters and truffle hunting dogs. So I got this one who's supposed to be amazing. And I bring her home in the first week or so. I put down a beer. Next thing you know, I hear, (laughs) turn around, (laughs) turn around and Spoonia, the puppy had drank the entire glass of beer. She passed out and he thought, hmm, wonder how good she's going to be. (laughs) Spoonia. (laughs) Not your typical name for a truffle hunting dog, but Pierre Paolo wasn't your typical truffle hunter either. And now from episode 41, Our friend Paolo, the chef from Tuscany, is actually the one that introduced Pierre Paolo and the truffle hunting dog Spugna to me that day in Tuscany. And then Paolo came to our house in Rhode Island last spring and made us a dinner da morire. 24 hours of heaven. Yes. Speaking of which... 10 minutes ago, Paolo just made us lunch with simple things. And how good was that? Yeah, what do we what do we have in the refrigerator? Yeah. He some, made it. Some capers and some tomatoes and a little yeah. garlic. And we had a great little pasta. That's the best thing. Not to go to shopping, just open the fridge. I open and, the uh, fridge. Create something, no? Like a BA. Let your fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's actually my fantasy to have three pastas in almost <laughs> right, a little over twenty-four hours. <laughs> yesterday, he made us caucho e pepe for lunch. Oh, Dio mio, that was amazing! And then, skipping ahead to episode seventy-five, when I was in Roma with kind of kitten club number three, unofficially, Capa Kimberly here met Il Capo della Vespa. Okay, we left you hanging last episode when I started to tell you about our fabulous Vespa rides on the vintage Vespas in Rome. Or, if we're carrying on with our Italian lessons, un giro favoloso con una Vespa. It was so fantastic. There were four of us on Vespas where you ride behind the driver and two of us in an ape, which I described in the previous episode. And since there were six of us, the company that we hired, 
fantastic group of people, they decided to send Il Capo, the boss, because they give history throughout their tours. And since there were six of us, they wanted one person in charge and they sent Il Capo. And normally, being that I'm a Capa myself, I rode behind him. <laughs> I explained to him that my name is Capo with a K. Capo in Italian, the boss, is with a C. How do we combine Kimberly and Capa together? Capa Kimberly, Boston. Capa Kimberly. <laughs> Facile così. <laughs> Why did you even ask? <laughs> As anyone who listens to this podcast regularly knows, going to Bologna for me was like climbing the mountain to heaven. The pearly gates would open. They weren't pearly, they were arcades. <laughs> and there was Bolognese, Bolognese, Bolognese. Episode 78, this is. All of a sudden, this very um, kind Port of- Portly. Portly, very well said. Portly owner, a little out of breath. A little, little sweaty. A little sweaty and sloppy came yes. up. He's like, see it's like, buonasera, è possibile per avere una tavola per due, per cena, per favore. Could, is it possible we could have a table for two? And he goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just stared at me. He didn't you know, look away or anything. He goes, no. No, it wasn't like, you know, wait or let me see. It was like, right. no. I was expecting that maybe he would say something like, well, we're completely, you know, Full. booked. Uh, these are all reserved. But instead he just says, no. Meanwhile, there's about 40 seats, 50 seats. There's maybe and there, there was eight only, tables, if that. Right. And there were only two people eating right. in the whole place. So upon further negotiation on my end. So I should have said, or I meant to say, oh, is it because these are all reserved? And, and instead, I just looked at him. I was so taken back by him. I go, call me my, meaning why, what? Why not? Why can't we have a table? And then he just stared at me. I said, please. So again, in Italian, I said, this is my husband's first time in Bologna and he wants to have ragu in the birthplace. And I've read so much that you and this Osteria have the best ragu. And he just stared at me, sweats trickling down, <laughs> down one side, both sides really. And then he turned and looked at that young Italian couple sitting at a large table, like yeah, the, six or eight people could have sat yes, at that table. It was yes. kind of like a dining room table in someone's house, basically. Mm -hmm. The rest were more like a restaurant under a very bright light, I will say. And all of a sudden he yells to them across the, across the restaurant, do you mind if these two sit down with you? And they're like, certo, ma certo, non c'è problema. So we went and sat down. I said, thank you very much. I explained the same thing to them. And they said, you're in the right place. But the nose didn't just stop with us. Obviously, he was hell-bent on having not many people that night. And even local Italians, well, they or got turned away. Turned away. And and I just want to point out, during this time eating, several people came in who were obviously locals. They were all locals. And they asked for a table. And he just oh, said, yeah. and right. he said, no. no. <laughs> not like you can wait for 10 minutes. You can wait for 20 minutes. Nope. They got the same response yes. we did. So yes. that made me feel good. I felt like a local. Yeah. <laughs> now on to episode 83, when Tommaso and I were staying at the Grand Hotel E de Milan in Milano, and I, La Coppa, bought the wrong kind of cold meds for Tommaso. Now, 
If you're wondering why I was in the bar myself, I have to share what happened. As Tommaso mentioned earlier, we recorded a podcast episode, number 78 to be exact, in our room that afternoon that we got there. However, Tommaso had caught a cold in Bologna and it was seemed to be getting worse. So while he was setting up the recording equipment that he pulled out of his backpack. <laughs> Wallet size compared to what? <laughs> right. Caruso's crew had. Yeah, exactly. I went across the street to the Farmacia. It was a teeny yet beautiful Farmacia, but several people were waiting to speak to the pharmacist. So I figured, oh, I can read Italian. I'll find what I think will help Tommaso's cold. And I bought it and brought it back to the hotel. He took two pills and then we started recording. Right as we finished, I noticed Tommaso's eyes looking somewhat heavy and he, he just looked groggy. So I thought, oh, Dio mio. So I looked at the box of the pills I bought him and there were two kinds, both daytime and nighttime. Yes. <laughs> Oops. I, I got a couple of the nighttime ones. I'm only supposed to take one. My fault completely. So there you have it. And that is why I went to the bar myself. He could not stay awake. And I also had to cancel our dinner reservations at Don Carlos restaurant, which I mentioned earlier. And that was such a disappointment. But I went myself and told the entire story to the maitre d'. And to be honest, I'm sorry, Tommaso, but we both laughed. <laughs> That's fine. I was I was in that beautiful bed. That's true. It's probably the most beautiful it was very, nap it was very, of your it was life. very comfortable. And now a quick one from episode 89, my first day to Procida in years. And man, that was a, a challenge to get used to their dialect. But after all you've said, I'm jonesing to go there Oh, yes, now. you are. Our very first night there at dinner, the very lovely, funny, personable, friendly server started chatting away in rapid fire Italian, which is clearly the the way they speak on Procida is clearly influenced by the Napolitano dialect, or at least, at the very least, the Napolitano velocity of their <laughs> speech. <laughs> but I got used to it as the days wore on. I was like exhausted that first night. <laughs> your ears, your ears needed a rest. Well, because if Okay, from episode 90 in Napoli, the first day there for six women, and I was there, Kappa, and it happened to coincide with La Festa di Tutti Santi, which is complete and utter mayhem. But the reason I chose this route is because I really wanted them to see Napoli at its best in these old, old streets. And when I say Napoli at its best, it has a different meaning in Napoli. The best of Napoli, in my opinion, honestly here, busy with people, traffic, noise, smells. It's a visual overload of everything. Busy with a capital B. Exactly. It's truly unlike any other city in Italy, and that's what makes it stand apart, in my opinion. So, add to that busyness that I just described, the mass of humanity on the streets because of Tutti Santi, and we, along with everyone else, were making our way to Pizzeria Antica da Michele. I kid you not. As we started, I was like, 
this was the wrong idea, meaning <laughs> that shouldn't have been the final destination. Right, but I thought, right, oh, right. we're in it this far. It would actually be funny because I'm sure there'll be a ridiculous line and they can see it and I'll have a backup. But while we were walking down via Tribulani, which just became more and more crowded, I realized I need to put a plan in place because there are seven of us and none of them have ever been here and it is mayhem. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to um, get everyone and we'll choose a, you know, a go-to gathering spot in case we get separate. So I thought of that walking up the street. I turned around to announce this, you know, be my big kappa declaration. I turn around I'm like, yeah, there's, there's no only, there. there was <laughs> only half of them. There were only three of them. I'm like, oh, Dio mio, like, where were they? So I, the three that were there, I just threw against the side of this wall. I go, don't move. <laughs> Do not move. And they're like, fine. They're like plastered up to the wall because it literally was crazy. So I was like, I'll be right back. Okay. From episode 91, I was on the island of Capri in the kitchen of this amazing villa we had rented and Edie and I were preparing dinner. And this is what took place. Well, let me say that some of us helped you and the others <laughs> the others were playing cards and drinking all the wine on the terrace. And so while I was helping make a little salad or something, Edie so nonchalantly said to me, you know, this has been great and we still have several more places to go, but I really, really want to go to Venice because I've never been I was like, oh, you have to go. It's so amazing. It's incredible. And there's nothing like it. And Edie said, I know, I've heard, but I also have this ancestor that lived there for a while. And he he actually has a bar named after him. So she's still like at the stove cooking and not looking at me. I go, what bar? She goes, Harry's. <laughs> I swear to God. I'm, surpri I'm surprised you, your, your jaw didn't hit the floor. And then it did. Bounce. I'm like, Harry's bar? <laughs> You're related to Harry? So yes, you are. Harry Pickering. Can you tell us how that happened? The, but drunk, the drunk in the family. <laughs> <laughs> From last week's episode 98, well, you know, Things aren't always perfect, but they can be fun. And this is how I got teed up to start the episode. <laughs> you asked. <laughs> that was unexpected. <laughs> Happy date night. It's Saturday. Tommaso just said to me, make it a little more lively tonight. So here you go. This... <laughs> is the sound of ice cubes. Ghiaccio is the word for ice cube. Well, ice, but ice cube. Ice cubes in our glass filled with Prosecco and Aperol. We don't even have a fresh orange to put a slice in there, but we don't care. And there you have it. Maybe it's from this type of engagement we have in each of our episodes that has allowed us to receive messages from so many people who say they have their own date night while making pasta and listening to our episodes. And how about the woman that said, I wish every day was Wednesday so I can drink wine and listen to Kimberly's Italy. 
And just this morning, actually, Tomaso, I don't know if you've seen it, I saw a review on Apple from Tony Marie 3 who asked, can we be friends? <laughs> and I say, Certo. She then said that the laughter between Tommaso and myself is contagious. How awesome is that? Thank you very much, Tony. Yes. Okay. I have also had the pleasure to plan so many personalized trips for clients all over Italy. And 95% of these trips have been from listeners, a direct result of people listening to our podcast. Therefore, we are grateful to the thousands of you who listen to us each week and refer us to your friends. It takes a bit of work to produce each episode. and then That's on- an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> he has to edit a lot. And then on top of that, I have the travel planning, which again, as I mentioned, is a direct result of our podcast. However, all of it, absolutely all of it is gratifying. And the bonus we get from all of your compliments and reviews, which occasionally include comments that make us burst out laughing. Absolutely. It's just so very rewarding. So tonight, which is Wednesday, June 7th, we're going to make a fresh cherry tomato red pepper pasta sauce with a bit of pepperoncino thrown in, which, do you know, that means good luck. You throw some pepperoncino in, buona fortuna, and a beautiful bottle of red. Which one? We don't know yet. I eyeballed one the other day. It was pretty good. Barolo, he's been asking for, right? Mm-hmm. My taste buds are just waiting for Barolo. They've actually been sending me text messages. <laughs> Barolo. Okay, Barolo it is. We are going to celebrate our 100th episode with all of you. So, buon appetito, amici. Allora, grazie mille tutti. And here's to 100 more. Ciao, ciao, everybody. Ciao, ciao. <laughs>